epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Imagine a deep, stabbing, ice-pick-like pain that's explosive and begins without warning. That's a cluster headache. Among the headache disorders, like tension or migraine, cluster is likely the worst. The attacks are vicious and can lead to suicide. It's felt on one side of the head and around the eye or temple, lasts 15 minutes or up to three hours, and can occur up to eight times a day. And this cycle can last for six to 12 weeks. Traditionally, medications, injections, and even psilocybin mushrooms have been used to try to control this severe pain. Now, we have a new device that can treat acute episodic cluster headaches and prevent them from occurring. It's called GammaCore. It's the first transcutaneous stimulator that targets the vagus nerve in the neck, and it's FDA-cleared. Our first guest is Mark Mitchell. He'll share the impressive effects of vagus nerve stimulation on his headaches, level of function, and emotional well-being. Then Dr. Stephen Silberstein, professor of neurology and director of the Jefferson Headache Clinic at Thomas Jefferson University, joins us. He'll talk about cluster headache, traditional treatments, the vagus nerve, and the value of the GammaCore device in offering patients a new option for treating this devastating disorder. Aches and Gains is supported by Horizon Therapeutics, Daiichi Sankyo, ElectroCore, and the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices. Mark Mitchell has suffered from episodic cluster headaches since 1996. It's completely altered his life, and medication therapies have led to hard-to-manage side effects. With the use of GammaCore, though, he can effectively treat his headaches without any side effects. Let's find out how. Mark, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. First, when did you begin suffering from cluster headaches? They started in the fall of 96, usually right in November, and they lasted three or four weeks. And I would get one at night, the same time every night I would wake up with this just excruciating, painful headache. And all of a sudden it would stop. Some studies report a family history of cluster headache in 5 to 20% of patients. How about your family? No. Other research has found that 85% of patients with cluster headache are also chronic cigarette smokers. Are you a smoker? I was. I am a former smoker, but I don't smoke currently or within the time I've had the headaches. How long had you been smoking? Probably 10 years. Okay. Many of us are familiar with having a tension headache or a migraine headache. Cluster headache is quite different, though. What did you think was happening to you when you had your first cluster headache? I thought I was dying. Wow. It's crazy the, the amount of pain and like your eye runs and just different things, and then all of a sudden it just stops. Mm-hmm. And then you start to think you're crazy. Like, am I imagining this or what? You know, like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And anytime I talk to a doctor, they just kind of looked at me like, 
I was crazy. I mean, how do you get this headache like that at the same time every night? And yet you look fine. Right. It's like that invisible disease that, you know, you really don't see it unless you're at my house at 2.45 in the morning. Exactly. And a lot of chronic pain is invisible, unfortunately. Uh, Mark, how long did it take to have the headache diagnosed as a cluster headache? In 2014, I actually had one in the office in front of Dr. Spare, and that's when I was diagnosed. Incredible. 18 years until you were diagnosed? Yeah, I was treated for migraines and different things with other drugs, but nothing that actually helped. One study several years ago found that it takes an average of five to six years from the onset of a cluster headache to an accurate diagnosis. Why do you think that happens? I don't think that people are educated enough in headaches just because it's an invisible disease. Mm -hmm. It's not a common disease, you know, that you hear about very much. You know, you tell people you have cluster headaches and they kind of look at you like, oh, yeah, you have a migraine. And it's not that migraines aren't debilitating, but the pain is different. It's in different spots. Um, it's just a different sensation, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to describe. And you kind of find yourself when you're talking to a doctor, not telling them everything. Like you tell them about the pain and stuff, but then you think, how can this happen at 2.45 every morning? You know, like if I tell them that, are they not going to, are they going to believe me? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of, I think, why a lot of people aren't diagnosed right away. And it took going to a headache specialist to understand all that for me. You know, you mentioned a couple of important items. that The fact that cluster headache is rare, I think the prevalence is less than 1%. And unlike other chronic pain conditions, it affects men much more than women. It's also a very sort of secretive disorder. A lot of patients don't want to talk about it, but would you would you tell us and take us through what a cluster headache is really like? Yeah, once you get the first signs of it, you have about 10 minutes before the actual devastating pain hits. Uh -huh. You kind of feel the pain going up your neck, and it's more like a burning, I guess you would call it, sensation. And it's one-sided. It goes kind of around my ear, it feels like once the pain hits, like you took a screwdriver and, and stabbed yourself in the eye with it. I mean, that's kind of how I explain it. And mm -hmm. it's so bad that you don't even remember what you're doing at the time you have it. I mean, that's got to be brutal. These headaches typically last anywhere from 15 minutes to three hours. How about for you? They run like 45 minutes for me, you know, sometimes an hour. Um, and then it just stops. Mm -hmm. And... The pain itself stops, but your body is, I guess, from throwing yourself around. And I know I pace and I rock and I bang my head and like different things like that. You're exhausted when it's done. Mm. I mean, it's hard to imagine pain that's that intense. Mark, when your family members or even friends have witnessed this cluster headache, what's their response been? Um, it hasn't been so recent that really any friends or other family have seen it. It's pretty embarrassing to me to have one when you're out and you don't have somewhere to go and hide because I don't remember all that I do. People try to talk to you and I can't answer because I can't vocalize anything. When I can start to talk, like at the end of it, my speech is slurred. Uh, my nose runs on the one side, my eyes tear, or my one eye tears. It's not even both. Like my face kind of sags, my eye won't open, mm -hmm. uh, my lip sags. It kind of looks like you're having a stroke. Yeah. Sometimes I holler, 
you know, it's hard enough talking about it, let alone having people see it. You know, what you described happens with patients with cluster headache. That is, there's an impairment of the sympathetic nervous system and a hyperactivity of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is why you are experiencing uh, the droopy eyelid, the tearing of the eye, maybe a red eye, runny nose, and those types of symptoms. Uh, Mark, some people get cluster headaches up to eight times a day. Do you get them that often? Way back in 96, it was once a day. And the last cycle I had, it was four times a day. Wow. How are you able to cope with a headache that occurs four times a day? I mean, I pretty much had a mental breakdown back in 2019 and did go to therapy and stuff because I knew something was wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. When you say breakdown, what were you experiencing? Just a depression. Like I was tired of having this disease. It was the last cycle that I had like that went on for about 10 months. Mm. And I was getting four a day, and there was just no letting up. Yeah. It's the kind of disease that there's all kinds of medicines that help and devices that help, but nothing actually takes it away. And then, obviously, there's no cure. Right. So to hear that you have a disease that you're going to have for the rest of your life, pretty much, and that there's no cure for it, it's pretty devastating. You know, and then once I realized that, I think, is when I kind of went into like a depression. Thank you, Mark, for your honesty. You know, I wonder how many of our listeners really know how devastating cluster headaches really are. How long are your cycles? Because on average, based on the literature, attacks last daily anywhere from six to 12 weeks. It's every day. Usually the cycles last about six months. Wow, that's long. I mean, do you ever get a break? And if so, how long is the break? Yeah, sometimes six months, sometimes eight months. Mm -hmm. They usually start in the end of October, the beginning of November. You know, there's a very cyclical pattern to cluster headache, and 80% of patients have attacks anywhere from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., and most recur at the same hour every day for the duration of the cluster. What what are yours like? 2.45 a.m. is when I wake up with the first one. 10.15, 10.30 is the second one. 3.15 in the afternoon and then at like 7.30 at night. I mean, that encompasses almost the entire day. How do you get any sleep? It's not good sleep. I think you just pass out because you're exhausted. You get to a point that you get insomnia because you're afraid to go to sleep because you know what's coming. Right, exactly. Uh, Mark, has the pain ever been so intense that, that you've considered ending your life? Yeah, that I did in like 19. I mean, I never obviously went through or tried to go through with anything, but that's when I knew I needed help, when I thought mm-hmm. this is ridiculous to try to live like this. Yeah. To try to keep your family going. I have a, a son who's a freshman in college, a daughter that's a senior in high school. You know, do they deserve this? To come home and to see their dad, you know, walking around the bedroom and banging his head on the walls and hollering and stuff over these headaches, you know, kind of takes a toll on you. Absolutely. And, you know, these headaches seem paralyzing. How are you able to work when you're in a cycle of cluster headaches? I don't miss a lot. It's the only thing that I drive myself that I have to do five days a week. I have to get up and I have to go to work. It's like if I don't do anything else, that's what I need to do to keep my family going. Right. I work in a family business, which got a lot of perks that way when you work for your brother. So I can work from home a lot um, if I need to. I can change my hours, go in at night when nobody's there, kind of work my schedule around the headaches. You know, when I'm in cycle, I'm very fortunate that way. A lot of people aren't. That's true. Speaking of your family, how do these headaches affect your family life and your relationships with your friends? A lot of them, I've lost a lot of friends over it. A lot of people don't understand it because they've never seen it. Mm -hmm. My brothers that I work with don't really get it because they've never seen an attack. Yeah. 
you know, like I said, I hide. I think it's pretty embarrassing when you do have one. And I don't want people to see me like that. That's not what I would want to be remembered by. Yeah, that's understandable. Now, what we've been talking about are episodic cluster headaches, which is what you've described. But there also exist chronic cluster headaches where there is no remission period or the remission period lasts less than three months out of the year. And either form can transform into the other. Uh, Mark, have you found it difficult to find effective treatments for your cluster headaches? Yeah, I have. I've tried a lot. Um, I don't like the side effects of most of the treatments. Um, I do use GammaCore, which is an electronic device you put on your neck. It goes on the vagus nerve, and that helps a lot. That takes the pain level down quite a bit. That makes it manageable. The other drugs kind of make you dizzy. They make you tired. They make me shake. Your memory loss. Like, there's a lot of side effects with a lot of the other drugs that are available. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but we have much more to discuss about Mark's treatments for cluster headache and especially his success using a new transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulator called GammaCore. Mark, thanks so much for being here today. All right, doctor. Thank you. Up next is Dr. Stephen Silberstein, neurologist and headache specialist. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Horizon Therapeutics, who believes that science and compassion must work together to transform lives for people living with rare and rheumatic diseases. Discover more about Horizon's mission at horizontherapeutics.com, an educational grant from Daiichi Sankyo. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. Dr. Steven Silberstein is a neurologist, migraine researcher and clinician. He's authored over 400 peer-reviewed publications and is the 2016 Lifetime Achievement Award recipient by the American Headache Society. Dr. Silberstein, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you for having me. Let me ask you about cluster headache. The pain can be so vicious that patients want to commit suicide. Who gets these headaches? Where are they located? And how long do they typically last? In contrast to migraine, cluster headache is much more common in men. Uh, depending on the series, three to four times more common. It's considered one of the most excruciating pains known to mankind. I once had a patient who had cluster in a kidney stone and told me that kidney stone was nothing compared to its cluster headache. <laughs> wow, I mean, that's intense. Where are the cluster headaches typically located? Cluster headaches are located in the area of one or the other eye, and patients describe it as if a hot poker is being driven through their eye. Mm -hmm. It lasts anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half. The patient's eyes tear, their nose runs, they're restless, they get up, they bang their head against the wall, and they get anywhere from one to six attacks per day, including attacks that wake them from sleep. It seems incredibly disabling. Uh, Dr. Silberstein, what's the significance of the word cluster and, and, and cluster headache? What does that mean? It means a group of attacks joined together or clustered. So, for example, you could have three or four attacks per day for a period of six weeks. That's called clustered together. Then you don't have any for maybe a year or two sometimes. There are several brain systems that are likely contributing to cluster headaches. The trigeminal system, the autonomic nervous system, that's the fight or flight system, the hypothalamus, and the vagus nerve system. Dr. Silberstein, can you talk to us more about these systems and their interplay and how they contribute to cluster headache? Well, here's one way of looking at it. 
the vagus nerve calms you down, the sympathetics hype you up. So when you take a really deep breath or you do yoga, you're activating the vagus nerve system. And there are now stimulators, vagus nerve stimulators that can be put in the neck that do the same thing. And, you know, the vagus nerve has two parts, one that activates things at the end and one that goes into the brain. And the vagus nerve stimulators actually excite the part of the vagus nerve that goes into the brain and acts as a modulating or quieting effect. It's kind of interesting that um, you can actually show that if you're like yoga or take a deep breath, mm-hmm. if you're having pain or anything like that, those procedures which activate the vagus nerve will make you feel better. The pain go away. Yeah, it's it's quite astonishing. And you mentioned that we have stimulators that do the same, which we're going to talk about soon. And that particular transcutaneous device is called GammaCore. Are there any genetic contributors to cluster headache? Because I thought that there was increasing evidence that points to a genetic role. It's uncertain. People believe there may be. But unlike migraine, which tend to run in families, mm-hmm. uh, to the best of my knowledge, and cluster doesn't tend to run in families like migraine does. What about alcohol or cigarette use? Are they linked in any way to cluster headache? There are certain well-known triggers. One is alcohol. Cigarette smoking, not so much. And if somebody has a drink of alcohol while they're in a cluster cycle, that can bring on an attack. Mm. That is absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. Now, there's recent evidence from neuromodulation studies that show that the vagus nerve is involved in pain regulation. Uh, In fact, it seems like the vagus nerve serves as a sort of a a conduit for information that goes into the central nervous system, that is the brain and spinal cord. Could you elaborate on that a bit for us? Here's what you can consider. The vagus nerve, the neck, has traffic two ways. One goes to the periphery, the one goes into the central nervous system. And when you simulate it the right way, you send information into the central nervous system, which tends to modulate overexcitability and pain. I'll give you a silly example. If you run uh, acid into the top of the esophagus, you get a lot of pain. You stimulate the vagus nerve, you don't feel it. So basically, the vagus nerve is modulating the pain control system. And it's a much more powerful pain reliever than I thought. You and me both. When you really study it scientifically, it really works. We've got to take a break, but don't go away because when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Silberstein about traditional treatments for cluster headache and then about the transcutaneous nerve stimulator called GammaCore. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by ElectroCore, a bioelectronic medicine company dedicated to helping patients across the globe with its platform non-invasive vagus nerve stimulation therapy to treat multiple conditions in neurology. The Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices, which leads in determining, providing, and supporting evidence-based prescribing and deprescribing of benzodiazepines to significantly reduce their adverse outcomes. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Steven Silberstein, neurologist and migraine specialist. Dr. Silberstein, let's touch on the traditional treatments for cluster headache, and let's start with what's used for acute or abortive treatment when patients get these horrible, vicious headaches? 100% oxygen. And people do that, and they can abort the attack. The other best two or three treatments would include injections of dihydroergotamine or sumatriptan. They have to work quickly. So those are the big three. Okay, so 100% oxygen, uh, dihydroergotamine injection, or a sumatriptan injection. The injections are preferred over the intranasal versions of those because they're faster acting. 
Now, it takes about 10 or 15 minutes for the 100% oxygen to abort a cluster headache. Do patients have to carry oxygen with them or oxygen tanks? If you are at work or at home, patients will also have a tank in both places, and they may have some injectable or nasal spray to go along with it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the tanks can be an inconvenience, unfortunately. I think many patients actually may need a combination of both oxygen and sumatriptan that they inject subcutaneously to abort some of these cluster headaches. Uh, Dr. Silberstein, if first-line treatments fail, what's next? What are the second-line treatments? Then we've got trouble because then what you need to do is prevent the attacks from occurring. Right. Now, most patients need a preventive therapy during the cluster along with these abortive therapies that we're talking about, oxygen or sumatriptan or even zolmatriptan. And it's important to start something right away to suppress the attacks over the duration of the cluster because, well, repeat usage of these abortive therapies can cause toxicity or even rebound headaches. What are the options? There's two types of prevention we call short-term and long-term. So if somebody's in a cluster cycle and they come to the office, we might give them a nerve block of steroids and lidocaine Uh for short-term prevention until their typical preventative medicine starts working. Okay, so you might give them, say, oral steroids, might do occipital nerve blocks, which are blocks at the back of the head, or you might also give them intranasal lidocaine. Is verapamil the drug of choice for the prevention of episodic cluster headaches and chronic cluster headaches? Yes, and the difference is that verapamil is sort of our top choice for episodic cluster, but we use it often in very high doses, double or triple what's given for blood pressure. Right, uh, verapamil is typically used as an antihypertensive, but in this case, it's uh, used as a preventive therapy for cluster headache. And you mentioned steroids. Why would you use those along with verapamil? Start somebody on cluster in a full-blown attack. It might take a couple of weeks for the rapnel to get to the right level mm-hmm. and start working. So we would give them steroids in the meantime to get them over the hump. Okay, well, that makes sense. Now, there's a new drug called galcanezumab, also known as Mgality, that's a subcutaneous injection that's given monthly. Have you had any experience with it? We have used it in patients, and we do find it useful. But most insurance companies require that you fail something else first. Mm-hmm. Dr. Silberstein, you mentioned earlier that you perform what are called greater occipital nerve blocks. These are nerves that lie at the base of the skull and then provide sensation upwards to the top of the head. Do you use these as a preventive therapy or to treat episodic cluster headaches? If I have a patient with cluster and I do a block, it tends to go away immediately and it tends to last for weeks. And that's an opportunity, if I've done that, to start something like for at the same time. Okay, I get that. Now let's talk about chronic cluster headache for a minute. Chronic cluster headache means that there is no remission or that the remission lasts less than three months for a year. It's generally advised that nerves not be cut to treat chronic cluster headache. Deep brain stimulation can be used and can be effective, mostly done in Europe. And I wanted to ask you about the sphenopalatine ganglion stimulation. The sphenopalatine ganglion is a nerve bundle behind the nose that's associated with pain pathways of certain headaches, especially cluster headache. Have you used sphenopalatine ganglion stimulation? Yeah, we did a lot of that. It works, but the company that did it went out of business. Oh, that's too bad. Now, it seems like cluster headache is probably a lifetime condition, but the proportion of those who have cluster headache seem to gradually decline with age. Is that your understanding? And many people, it goes away with time. And that offers a high degree of hope for those who suffer from cluster headache. 
Dr. Silberstein, we have to go now, but I want to thank you for being here today for such an exciting and insightful discussion. You're more than welcome. You won't want to miss part two of the show when we talk about and explore the new transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulator device for cluster headache called GammaCore. This is an FDA-cleared device for adults with acute episodic cluster headache as well as for the prevention of cluster headache. And it's actually also approved for the acute and preventive treatment of migraine in people 12 years of age and older. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Ty Ford. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Games with Dr. Paul Christo.